Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. I'm here with my man Ty, and of course I am Cameron. Ty, how are we today? Uh, we're doing great. You saw me just knock my earbuds out, didn't you? There you go. That was really excited. <laughs> real excited. Um, I'm also very excited because we have a great new little setup here oh. on my own little podcast. And just like to make it known that I am the goat at shuffleboarding and like bar shuffleboarding, not like the actual shuffleboarding. <laughs> not cruise ship shuffleboarding. No, 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 no. But um, yeah, we're doing good. It's been It's been a very interesting week of football. There have been more trades, but the, I think the biggest thing that I was – intrigued with this week was the pro days for the draft Mm -hmm. we had kenny pickett malik willis and mackerel back to back to back and it seems to be a lot of pieces coming together now for this draft coming up in april so it's been a good week we definitely need a future episode where ty explains where he's got people going to this draft because i know you've done enough mock drafts for the three of us combined so it's a daily practice where I do a mock draft at this point. So it has to be. <laughs> Have to. <laughs> um, obviously, we are missing our esteemed colleague, Mr. Lucas Wenzel. He had a four-day training this week, so he is just getting back tonight. And sadly, we are without him, but I am sure he will return next week. Um, like Ty alluded to earlier, it was a crazy, crazy week. In the NFL, uh, big players moving everywhere. We'll start with what happened last Friday, day after my birthday. Devonte Adams was traded. This was like one of those that they kind of said, and we're like, ah, eh, this wouldn't happen. To the Las Vegas Raiders, he then signs a five-year, hundred and forty-one million dollar contract, which puts him with the Raiders till he's I think thirty-four, being paid that much money. Um, good for him reunited with Derek Carr obviously the Packers lose their number one wide receiver but they gain a first and a second in that deal um Ty right away what's the biggest fantasy impact that you you see from this trade Ooh, um I look at guys like Hunter Renfro and guys like Darren Waller um I think Hunter Renfro was the biggest. Um, how do I how do I describe this? Hunter Renfro was the, the biggest beneficiary of the offense last year, um, and you know what Darren Waller's capable of, right? And, and I mean, he showed a week one where he got nineteen targets, so like you know what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. But now you add in arguably the best if not top three wide receiver in the league so um i'm 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 curious to see how everything plays out with vegas now who cuts into whose volume and stuff and especially now with josh mcdaniels being the head coach and and presumably the head uh the the play caller as well Mm -hmm. how much does he lean on the run game how much does he lean on Derek Carr and who does Derek Carr lean on to and obviously you have to be like Devontae Adams right they were college teammates mm-hmm. and he's a top three at least option in the league but like I said it will be interesting to see how all these different pieces play together and how it all plays out for sure 
Yeah, I think obviously Aaron Rodgers is without his best target that he arguably has had in his career uh, in Devontae Adams. And right away, it feels like Alan Lazard is catapulted forward. However, I would be very shocked if Green Bay doesn't pick up someone in the draft if they don't sign another free agent. If they don't do both, actually, I'd probably be surprised. Um, I do think that it does benefit Darren Waller to have another another big piece on the outside. You know, Hunter Renfro is not going to really scare teams down the field. Devontae Adams will. It opens up the middle. I think it just helps Derek Carr in general, both um, with that. Obviously, whenever you add a top three wide receiver, it's going to help your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, we'll go to the other huge thing that happened. We'll kind of skip forward in our timeline to yesterday. Tyreek Hill was traded to the Miami Dolphins. And it was just one of those things that, like, they, they were like, Tyreek Hill might be traded. And we're like, oh, that'd be shocking if he is. And they're like, Dolphins and Jets are named as the two finalists for a Tyreek trade. And we're like, what the heck? That was so fast. And literally five minutes later, like, Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. And it was insane just how fast and seemingly out of nowhere that came. Obviously, another huge fantasy impact. Ty, in this trade, obviously Tyreek loses, like, the number one quarterback in the NFL. And he goes to Tua Tugavailoa. Looking in, trying to look into the psyche of Tyreek Hill. Why, why would you make this move from Patrick Mahomes to Ty- Tua when it sounded like the Chiefs were willing to pay him? Yeah, well, I, I I'll start off with this. It, 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 um, it's not a secret that Kansas City and Tyreek have had, um, difficulty with contract talks. Mm-hmm. And I think it only escalated when Devontae Adams got his deal. Um, and I'll answer this to this question that just came into my mind. Is Tyreek Hill, like, should Tyreek Hill be the highest paid wide receiver in the league? Absolutely not. That's a discussion for another time. But mm-hmm. um, I really, really think the only reason why Tyreek um, just was wanting out was because he wanted to get paid. And I don't – I think – He's going to be one of those players that, I mean, we've seen it in Minnesota, right, where Everson Griffin had left for a year, and mm-hmm. then he came back, and he said, the people that were in the building, coaches and players, they were the biggest piece, or like the biggest part that I missed in my year away. Yeah. I think Tyreek is going to realize very, very quick just the drop off from Mahomes to Tua, right? Mm-hmm. And I had gone live on TikTok when the trade happened. And I think the one thing I talked about the most was the schematics of it all, right? Where McDaniel is coming from the Shanahan tree. Tyreek is a vertical deep threat. Shanahan offenses have traditionally never really utilized vertical weapons. It's always been a zone run, play action, and then, um, like, seam routes, right? So I'm not saying that – I mean, Tyree could do a seam route for sure, right? But it's very interesting. I think Tyreek was solely focused on money. And I think, it like, if he took a step back and he realized, 
my best opportunity and my best chance to win is probably still going to be in Kansas City. Do yeah. I have to sacrifice a couple million dollars? Yes. But again, you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. Your coach is Andy Reid. You have won a championship together, right? It's a very interesting move. One that I probably don't fully understand. Yes, and it's it's hard to understand, too, from the Dolphins' point of view. You know, just because they already have Jalen Waddle. You know, they have a speedster. And I think we were all very excited from Jalen Waddle. Obviously, Mike McDaniels and hyping him up. But it was to the prospect that he might be able to be used down the field this season. You know, whereas last year we saw him relegated to the line of scrimmage. In college, he was strictly a down-the-field guy. Now with Tyreek Hill, I feel like he has to stay in that role of close to the line of scrimmage because that's Tyreek's role. That is, he is the number one wide receiver at beating you down the field. Mm-hmm. That That is 1,000% going to be his role. And so it'll be just be really interesting to see how they're used. Um, I do feel sad about Jalen Waddle this year. I am I was so excited for him. Well, and, and I think the only kind of hope that I have for Waddle this year is if McDaniel uses Tyreek in the Debo role, mm-hmm. where he uses Tyreek out of the backfield, he uses him in the short game, and he uses. I mean, and when I say short game, it's like bubble screens. It mm-hmm. is. It is like dragging drag routes right at the line of scrimmage versus Waddle, who can be the RPO guy, who can be the slant, those kind of routes, right? Um, but like I said, that's the only kind of hope that I have for Waddle because if he if if Tyreek is not used in that Debo role, it's really gonna it, it, it's very cloudy then at that point of what Waddle and Tyreek are gonna you know produce together. So, obviously, um, Dolphins made another move, but before I get to that, let me ask you, I feel like it's pretty obvious that I have Devontae Adams over Tyreek Hill in redraft this year. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, if we look at Dynasty, are you still taking Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill in Dynasty? Um, Tyreek's about a year and a half younger. I was going to say, he's not too far behind from Devontae. Mm-hmm. Um... I probably still would go Devontae. Um, but if I'm going Devontae, I better have a plan, you know, a year or two down the road where I try to flip him. At, you know, yes. not because I don't think he can keep it going, but just on the hope that I can sell him high for something. Mm-hmm. For sure. And uh, you don't want to sell him on his after his last great year. You want to sell him either during or before his last great year. Yeah. But I would agree with you. I'm, I'm Devontae, both redraft and dynasty. The Dolphins then went out and signed probably the most prominent offensive lineman in this entire free agency. For sure, the most prominent left tackle, Toronto Armstead. And I think all this proves is that they're fully in on Tua, and they're going, you are either going to succeed this year or you are done. Because that's where he has to be right now with all the weapons that they have and all the money they've invested there. How much of a uh, step forward do you think Tua takes? Next next year, and we'll go back to the Raiders. Would you rather have Tua or Derek Carr? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'll start. I'll start with the, you know, where do I see Ty or Tua <laughs> um, mm-hmm. finishing out this year? I think you take him this year as that QB two with some upside of QB one, just because it really all could work together seamlessly, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, am I banking on him being a stud quarterback this year? Not really. Um, but I guess to your question then, Derek Carr or Tua, I'd probably feel a little more comfortable with Derek Carr just because we, we all know what we've seen from Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And there's still some question marks on Tua. And, and I mean, I was watching NFL Network today, right, where, um, you know, as we're recording this on March 24th at 7.54 p.m., right, NFL Network was, was you know, showing the, the press conference for Tyreek. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, you know, they would flash it over to their people that they had in the studio and whatnot, and they would talk about, like, this is Tua's prove a year, right? Yeah. You've got a new coach. You've got a front office that probably saving face a little bit since all the Brian Flores stuff came out, but they have mm-hmm. went out and spent a ton of money to help out Tua. So it's a matter of can you put it all together? And in a pressure year like that, I'm going to take my odds with Derek Carr, like I said, because you know what you get with Derek Carr. For sure. I couldn't agree more. On the Chiefs' side of the ball, they added the perfect replacement for Tyreek Hill, who will come in and fill the exact same role. He will be a automatic top-five wide receiver in the NFL, and that is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I have no doubt that he should be taking the first round. Um, Clarify yourself. Oh, sorry, my bad. I was completely joking. They did sign MVS, but I just there was a tweet, and it was like, he's like, and they're going speed for speed here, signing MVS, and it's like, do not equate Marquez Valdez-Scantling to Tyreek Hill. They are Love not it. even close. Let it keep stalling for a little bit. Let me pull up that tweet because it was honestly a joke and a half it of a tweet. It was, and I was just like, no. So obviously they went out and signed him. Um, they have Juju. They signed MBS to more money than Juju, and they signed him to a three-year contract, which I thought was pretty – says a lot. Um, but again, just like the Packers, I would be shocked if they don't sign another wide receiver or draft someone. Um, they're going to be looking for players – I've seen a lot, too, that Travis Kelsey, people think his stock is going to just shoot up. I really don't know how much his stock can go up, you know? If anything, it'd probably go down because of efficiency. Because they're not going to move the ball as much. They're not going to be in the position to score as many touchdowns. Yeah. But he can't, his target share can't really go up. It's already crazy high, especially for a tight end. I mean, I, mean, it, um, I was listening to someone say this earlier. Tyreek Hill... Or Tyreek Hill like helped made helped helped make Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey did not help make Tyreek Hill. So you take the Tyreek Hill component out of Travis Kelsey's game. It is a very different ball game for yeah. Kelsey going forward because teams can now just suck in and just play on Kelsey. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people um, thinking that they might take Christian Watson in the oh, draft just because. Just because they love speed so much, that is Andy Reid's thing. I mean, you've seen it with everybody. They've signed DeMarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman. And McCole Hardman ain't it. He just ain't. He He's had plenty of time to try and prove that he can be the wide receiver too and just hasn't. And so I've seen a lot of that. I do think they take a, more of a speed guy. They're not going to take a Traylon Burks. They're going to take a guy who can beat you down the field. Yeah, uh, real quick. Here's that tweet you were referencing earlier from Tom Pelissero of the NFL mm-hmm. Network. How would the Chiefs begin to replace superstar Tyreek Hill? Sources say Packers free agent wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scanling is on his way to Kansas City today, yesterday, 323, mm-hmm. uh, for a visit. No deal imminent, 
but a logical option to help fill the void. Speed for speed. Speed. I love that part. Speed for speed. Excuse me, but Tyreek Hill is 101, sir. <laughs> Put some no respect joke. on his name. Yep. Uh, looking at some other deals, just so we can kind of wrap up our news section. Allen Robinson to the Los Angeles Rams. I'll just fly through the rest of them. Allen Robinson to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and now I'm driving a complete blank on who we said earlier. Um, <laughs> Toronto Armstead. We said Armstead. We said Allen Robinson. Wait, there's um, another big one. Oh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, oh, there it is. Boom, boom. Traded, <laughs> traded to the Colts for a third-round pick. For just a third. For just a third. And this kind of catapults me. Oh, the other one. Robert Woods traded to the Tennessee Titans. Boom. Um, but the Matt Ryan one. How much do you think Matt Ryan helps Michael Pittman Jr.'s value this next year in fantasy football? Um, I'm going to have to take the long way. Uh, to get this answer, but um, this offense is still going to go through Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people say that Matt Ryan's really going to like transform this offense. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, Matt Ryan's a competent quarterback, but when you've got a guy like Jonathan Taylor and the offensive line that they have, it's still going to go through the run game. So, utilizing Matt Ryan and, and play action and stuff, we kind of saw that last year, I guess, a little bit with Wentz. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm not... I'm not really expecting a whole lot to change. Oh, hello. Sorry, that was my alarm. <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. Um, no, so I'm not expecting a whole lot to change with this Colts offense, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm expecting a couple extra – or cu- I'm expecting some more catches from Pittman this year than last year. I think targets are still going to be around the same. Um, but the the missed throws that Wentz had, I'm expecting, are going to be a little bit less now with Matt Ryan. Yeah, we kind of talked about this earlier. I I do agree that it's going to be a little bit of a bump for Pittman, but I don't know how much it actually will be. I think right now I'm in the 23-24 range, and I think I might bump him up maybe to 19-20. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't change really much at all. I just think I'm more comfortable now having Michael Pittman than I was with Carson Wentz. I don't think it like makes his ceiling crazy different. I don't think it makes his I, uh, it just helps his floor a lot more, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen people being like, "Oh, how does it change Jonathan Taylor?" It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> He's a top three running back. End of the discussion. We have another question from Fantasy Football AZ. Shout out, shout out, you Max. Shout out. <laughs> Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, CMC, or King Henry in PPR. Let's let's put these four in order, one through four. Of how we think they're going to finish or we rank, or where we rank them right now. Where you rank them right now. Where I rank them right now. Um, personally, I'm going to go McCaffrey first, Henry second, Swift third, and Javante fourth. I am 100% on the same boat. Ha-ha! <laughs> Um, I was getting torn apart because I said CMC is still a top three fantasy option and he should be a top three pick. Mm-hmm. And I get you're worried about the injuries. I, I don't care. There is no one else who can put up 30 points per game. No one else. And even if he has an, a year where you take away some of the volume, he's putting up 25 points a year, which Cooper Cup just did, which Devontae Adams just did. And both were praised for having crazy years. 
a small step back for CMC is the best player in fantasy football if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would take 13 games of CMC over 17 games of pretty much everyone else, for being honest. I am with you. Look, I mean, you said it. If a player can average 30 points a season, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you take that risk? Yeah. Right? And, and, and I've seen people say, that, like, you know, when you're drafting, you're looking to, you know, minimize risk and maximize potential, right? Every player's a risk, right? So if we get into the debate of, like, who's the riskiest, I'm not going to go into it because, like I said, everyone's a risk. You don't know if volume is going to be there. You don't know if someone's going to pick up an injury down the road. You don't know. Everything's a risk. So why not take a risk on the guy that can average 30 points a game at the most? Yeah. I would 100% agree with that. Moving on. This is going to be your favorite question all night. This is someone we forgot to mention in the news. The Atlanta Falcons signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year deal. Tyler, you've had some pretty spicy takes on Marcus Mariota. Mm. So do you think that he could finish as a top 10 fantasy option this season? Top 10. That's a, I mean, look, I made a TikTok video and I said 12, okay? <laughs> You're asking 10, so is that really that much of a difference? Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, I think I think it's more plausible than not. I will say mm-hmm. that. Um, just because the state of affairs in Atlanta is unknown. A mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, the best way to put it, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, you're without Ridley. You have Kyle Pitts. You brought back uh, Cordero Patterson. That's it. That's really it. Um, for me, if I, um, you know, I'm going into the draft, getting a wide receiver probably round two, not round one, because round one, you just take best player available. Mm-hmm. Round two, you can start to kind of look at, okay, best player at a position that we need, right? Um, so with that... Even, I, I guess, with a rookie wide receiver, Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson, who they're going to use out of the backfield more than anything, mm-hmm. Arthur Smith has to utilize Mariota's legs. And my 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 reasoning is we saw Jalen Hurts last year put up a top 10 fantasy season in his mm-hmm. situation, right? And we all know that he's, I mean, he's more of an athlete and playmaker than he is a quarterback, right? Mariota has shown he has the capability to have some rushing upside while also being a a, a fairly good quarterback. So is this at his ceiling that I'm saying top 10? Yes. (laughs) Yes. But I'm banking on his ceiling more than I am on his floor. 100%. And that's what you got to do. Because realistically... You don't even have to draft Mariota, right? You can just pick him up on the waivers. Mm-hmm. He is probably going to barely crack most people's top 24 quarterbacks this next season. So let me ask you this now. Tua or Marcus Mariota? I'm going Marcus Mariota. All right. Just banking on the legs? Just banking on the legs, baby. <laughs> and when we look at it, I mean, his skill is probably pretty close to Jalen Hurts. 
mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Like you said, he might be a little bit of a better passer, which honestly helps him more. But there's no way they don't add another wide receiver. They have to. Mm-hmm. They're going 0-17 if they don't. So you know there will be more help than what they have right now. So I, I would agree that he's going to be up there. I, I don't think I'm confident enough to say top 12, but I think he could be top 15 quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. Um, our next one. Is Elijah Mitchell a reliable dynasty running back since Raheem Mostert has left? Um, I'll, I'll answer this the same way that I answered it to you before we started recording. Mm-hmm. At this moment, I'm probably going to try. If I were, you know, a manager and I had Elijah Mitchell, I'm going to try and sell high on him right now just because you don't know what this upcoming year is going to look like for the backfield. That being said, I wouldn't trade him just for the heck of it. I'm not trading him and getting minimal return back because you know what he, mm-hmm. what you got out of him last year. Yeah. Um, so it, to me, it's just a matter of um, can you upgrade at running back you know, while you're giving up Elijah Mitchell. And that remains to be seen. Okay, let's play a little name game here. Ooh, Elijah think... Mitchell this next season. Or in Dynasty. Elijah Mitchell in Dynasty or James Conner. James Conner. Elijah Mitchell or Zeke. Zeke. Elijah Mitchell or Aaron Jones. Ooh, that one's a tough one. It's kind of my line, too. I'm going to lean Elijah Mitchell. See, I think I would, too, because Aaron Jones will be decent. He'll probably be he'll be a top 20 running back this year just because of um, receiving upside. However, he's 27. You know, they probably have the same longevity in the NFL if, you know, Shanahan decides to replace Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And so... I think Eileen Mitchell there. Oh, we'll do one more. Leonard Fournette or Elijah Mitchell? Lenny. I think we're going to Lenny as well. Yeah, Lenny. You heard the report about Tom Brady today? Oh, no, I did not. The GM in Tampa thinks he might play more than one more season. He says we could see him potentially for two more years. Can Brady just do whatever he wants in peace? I feel like the reason why he's coming back is because everyone's like, oh, he's retired, he's retired. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get to go out on his own terms, and now he's got people saying, oh, he's going to be here for at least another year or so. And then he's going to be like, no, you know what? I'm going to retire now because all of you are expecting me to be here, and I'm not going to be there. So suck it. I'm done after this year. Next one we have is, is Kyle Pitts still the dynasty tight end one? next season yes I just I trust Mariota to target him often Mm -hmm. and he's got the age where you can just set him and forget him in your dynasty lineup yeah 21 22 the skill I mean you know the skills ridiculous obviously taking top four we saw flashes of it last year seven catches 163 yards that's something you get to the age 24 and that could be a regular thing if he has a good quarterback, you know? Like, he's for sure top five tight end this season and at his age, he has to be tight end number one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, last one from TikTok. We talked about this guy signing in Los Angeles now with the Rams. Is Allen Robinson? Not is he? Where would you take Allen Robinson next season in redraft? Obviously, it's tough. We don't know what ADP looks like. We don't know if the Rams are bringing back Odell. Um, not a lot is finished yet, so we're just kind of projecting. Um, last season, Allen Robinson went at about the 310 was his ADP. I feel like you have to go lower after last season off his ADP. But paired with Stafford, how much lower do you really feel comfortable going? Yeah, I guess my my biggest thing with Robinson and the Rams now is that we saw um, last year with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods how both wide receivers fared in the offense. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods took a little bit longer to kind of get going. I mean, Cooper Cup started right out the gates, right? But yes, it took a little bit for Robert Woods to really get going. Um, so I'm kind of expecting that with Allen Robinson, right? Just to kind of figure out what the, um, what, you know, how the offense is all going to work together. I still have him kind of in that flex you know, a high-end flex to low-end wide receiver two territory, I think that's probably a safe spot for him for me. For sure. And that's kind of where I am, too. Probably end of round five, probably end of round six is kind of where I'm thinking, mid to end of round six, you know. I'm taking him over a lot of those running backs who are falling back there, but wide receiver is so deep this year. You know, you're going to get flex guys at the wide receiver position who normal years would be a wide receiver two or better mm-hmm. um there's just so much depth there's got i mean like juju smith schuster you know a lot of potential we saw 1400 yards in the season now he's gonna at worst be the second best option in kansas city with patrick mahomes or third best i guess we count kelsey mm-hmm. and i don't even think most people are gonna rank in their top 40 you know it's just crazy how much skill there is at the wide receiver position, and this incoming rookie class is a great wide receiver rookie class. Mm-hmm. So let's jump over to Twitter real quick. We got to give this guy a shout out. We got to learn your name. Um, <laughs> Please DM us, and if we if I you don't DM us, we will eventually reach out to yes. you. Yes, <laughs> yes, we get, we're giving you a week. I K R H T R eight two four. Did you bug out a little bit there too? Yeah, I did. Got the static. Uh, I don't know who's <laughs> signing that. I'm the cool. fuzzy fuzz in my ears. We'll blame Lucas. Um, <laughs> IKRHDR824 asks, well, his first question, I think I kind of just answered my take. Uh, is Juju a top 24 wide receiver? Oh, man. See, that's tough because to me, Juju has proven that he cannot be a wide receiver one in an offense. Mm-hmm. Um. Then again, um, you he's he's upgrading in terms of offenses going from Pittsburgh to Kansas City. Oh, by far. So I think out of that, out of, from for that reason, I have to put him top twenty four. But it's definitely on the back end, somewhere between like twenty to twenty four. Mm-hmm. So he's asking about the Cowboys. Where where do you got Dak? We'll start with him. Ooh. I got him probably, yeah, top 10 fantasy QB, but I'm not, mm-hmm. he's not a must-have guy in my opinion. 
if he falls into my lap, I will gladly take him. Um, like I said, I'm not reaching for him. If he falls, I'll take him. Yep, me and you both have at nine right now. Um, these are not adjusted with how everything's shaking out, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've um, touched those rankings since, like, February. Probably been a month. Which yeah, right. It was, like, forever um, in NFL time right now. Mm-hmm. But I still got him, like you said, probably top ten. He's still got what it takes to be a top ten quarterback. He has enough weapons in Dallas where he can make things happen. And so... I'm not dropping him on my top ten, but like you said, I'm not going to take him quarterback five. I'm not going to take him in the seventh round. I'm going to wait just a little bit, you know, trying to get him where Tom Brady was last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's kind of that's my thought on Dak Prescott. Now let's jump over to C.D. Lamb. Where are you ranking C.D. Lamb this season? To me, he's a top twenty guy. Okay. Um. Probably I would feel most comfortable taking him in that high-end wide receiver two range. And I feel like a lot of people are going to jump the gun on him and try to take him as a wide receiver one. And I can can understand the reasoning for it, but I just personally wouldn't do it just because I know that for whatever reason, the Dak to Stevie Land connection has never – it has seemed choppy these past couple years. So hopefully they figure it out. Um, but like if it can't be like my own little personal name game here, Deontay Johnson or C D Lamb, I'm still going Deontay Johnson like nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. Yeah. It's kinda of like I just said. I think he's probably that wide receiver fifteen or above. But wide receiver is so deep this year mm-hmm. that I don't feel comfortable taking a guy I don't trust quite as much as like you said a Deontay Johnson, a DeAndre Hopkins, a right. Mike Evans, mm-hmm. a Keenan Allen even. He sure, for sure has that upside. And if you want to take that shot, that's great. But if I'm taking my wide receiver one, I would rather have one of those guys ahead of CeeDee Lamb who has always kind of left something to be desired. You know, mm-hmm. he's had two solid seasons, but both seasons you were kind of left wishing, man, if he could have just, you know, taken that little bit of a next step. And obviously, he definitely could this year. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he finishes top five mm-hmm. for me, just right. because yeah, he yeah. is the he's the for sure wide receiver one, mm-hmm. no doubt. And no doubt. like we said, Dak is a more than capable quarterback, and so he does have the upside. I just don't know if I trust him a hundred percent. And the last guy we'll talk about is actually Dalton Schultz, um, who was. Was he franchise tagged? He was franchise right? tagged, correct. Franchise tagged. And is he a top eight tight end? I feel like he has to be just because there's really nobody else for Dak to throw the ball to. Yeah. I would agree. And, I mean, they have Michael Gallup coming back, but we don't know how early Michael Gallup is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, torn ACL. And he's just going to get touchdowns. He will. Um, that's kind of what propelled him this last season. I think it will propel him again this next year. Well, we had kind of a quicker episode this time. That's I, We ran through a bunch of questions there. But oh, yeah. I do have one more for you that I didn't warn you about. Oh, boy. And oh, this gosh. One, this one's near and dear to my heart. It's still talking about my least favorite position, tight ends. <laughs> but is Mr. The newly signed to a two-year contract 
to the Los Angeles Chargers is Mr. Gerald Everett, a top 10 tight end now that he is connected to Justin Herbert. Top 10 is a stretch. I'll say top 20. Top 20. All right. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) I just wanted to see your face when I was going through it. Just dog. (laughs) I think he could definitely be top 15. It'll just come down to him and Donald Parham sharing targets. You know, how much are they actually sharing? If Everett's the only guy, I mean, Jared Cook was relevant for fantasy as a tight end streamer. And Jared Cook was not a good athlete. Gerald Everett's at least a little, or pretty athletic. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of works out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, there's our mailbag. I think coming up, like we said last time, we'll just continue. I guess last time I was on, we'll continue to discuss more rookies coming up as rookie drafts begin to commence in Dynasty. Um, but yeah. That wraps up for us. Ty, do you have anything to say to the people? Ooh, be on the lookout for a little mock draft episode in the future like Cam was talking about earlier. That was a great idea by you, and uh, may just have to follow through on it. I wouldn't mind it. (laughs) Um, We're also, fingers crossed, hoping to do some sort of a live day one of the NFL draft uh, with the fellas. Uh, maybe going on TikTok, maybe on Twitter, maybe YouTube. We don't know. But something to kind of keep on your on the lookout for of a fellas re- live reaction to round one of the NFL draft. It'll be a suit and tie in affair uh, for, oh, for me at least. Oh, for you too. I, we we are always professional here at Fantasy Football Fellas. Um, <laughs> we, we thrive on high quality um, content as well as high quality takes. And so we will continue to bring you that in the best fashion possible. Oh, man. So with that, deuces. Deuces. (laughs) And we will see you next time.